as we're reading through Hebrews, which Shane mentioned and, and others, the idea that he is greater, he is better, more excellent. That's what the whole thing is about. I, funny thing happened last Monday morning. Uh, last week we preached out of the book of Philemon, just 25 verses. And I preached out of that, and, then, and, and this, this, this ring that I have is uh, a Fitbit, basically. It's, a, it's called an aura ring, but it's my version of the Fitbit. And so it covers my heart, my oxygen rate, and how I sleep, and when I'm awake, and when I move, and how I'm breathing, and all, all these, it's about 20 different things. And so every morning, I'll get up, and I'll open up my phone, and I'll have the ring and the phone, and it's close, and it downloads all that information. So like throughout the night, when the bedroom is dark, it can be red, checking my oxygen, or it'll be green, checking something else, whatever's going on, right? So I, I uh, download that on, on Monday mornings, Tuesday morning, the morning, see how I slept and, you know, how much REM sleep and all those terribly important things that I need to know. So Monday morning, I load it, and I'm sitting there, and it, it asks me this question, this window pops up, and I needed to confirm an activity, and I was like, it's a, you know, exercise on Sunday, please confirm this activity if I go biking or if I take a walk or something like that, workout, whatever. I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't, I didn't work out on Sunday. And then I opened it up and I looked at the time and the time was from 11 o'clock to 11.20. I had a 20-minute workout apparently last Sunday while I was preaching, which has never happened before. So all of my Pentecostal friends, I sent them a note. I took a screenshot and sent it to them. I'm like, I was throwing down on Sunday. That was a workout. I thought that was hilarious. We have a favorite family story at our house, and it is a story of something Emma would say every once in a while from the back seat, back seat of the car. She's sitting in her, her car seat and Occasionally, we'd hear her little voice echo above what Melinda and I were saying, and the backstory on it is occasionally around the house, uh, Melinda and I uh, would disagree, and in that disagreement, although we were standing close together, apparently we felt like we couldn't hear each other, so we were speaking louder than possibly necessary for the proximity of which we were standing, and so uh, there's been a time or two that my toddler daughter would walk into my room, uh, and of course, Melinda wasn't in the room with me because we had parted to be in different parts of the house at that point, and Emma came to me, and she would walk in the room, and I would be doing something spiritual, like reading the Bible or something, I'm sure, and she would come in, and she would say, your po would be nice to mom. Your po would be nice to mama. Yeah, that's what you need, right, at, after an argument. <laughs> Your sweet little curly-headed toddler come in and say, you're supposed to be nice to mama. So she's told me that a time or two. And then the story that's funny in our family is we're driving along. Again, she's in the car seat. And Melinda and I are having a conversation. And in fact, this wasn't a big argument. But it had the tone of intensity we were actually talking about some church things and some people stuff and some ministry things. And we were talking together as we were driving along and trying to think through it and talk through it and work through it. And it definitely had a tone of intensity. But from the back seat, the toddler says, remember what I said? 
get scolded by your toddler from the back seat. She'd say, remember what I said? She heard us talking with intensity, thought it was an argument, and it's just a fun family story. And occasionally, we'll just be sitting around somewhere and look at each other and say, remember what I said? That's the title of today's message. Remember what I said. Hebrews chapters one through six are all about Jesus being greater, more excellent, better. Better than angels, better than prophets, better than Moses. Better than all things Jewish religion. It is in fact entitled the book to the Hebrews. I was reading, listening to something this week and came across John chapter 1 in my readings and it struck me as something to share with you today. So John chapter 1 verse 5 in the message reads like this. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life and the life was the light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. It blazed through the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. This book, we call it the book of Hebrews, it's the book to the Hebrews, to the Hebrew believers, to believers in the Torah and the temple. And Moses and Joshua and the prophets, those men and women that now transitioned to this conversion about Jesus, which many of us have experienced as well. We lived our lives under a particular schedule of hedonism, and we've transitioned our lives to Jesus, except there was great persecution. There was struggle and turmoil, and, and frankly, there was darkness. There was darkness in their life. In the life of these believers, they were struggling. This wasn't a hi, how you doing letter. It was a letter written because I know how you're doing. You're in darkness. You're struggling. You're hanging on by a proverbial thread here. The pressure against you. You see, Paul and Silas and Barnabas, those guys were missionaries. But the temple also sent out missionaries. They sent out missionaries to correct what Paul was preaching. And so they'd follow up with great pressure. And we know how they would do that. We know what Saul did. Saul would bring a bunch of guys and some stones that's the way they did business. They were thugs. They were henchmen from the temple. They were purifying and cleansing the people of the way. It was a dark time. If you're a Hebrew believer, it's a dark time. There's a fear of being overcome. But John writes that the life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't overcome it. The darkness couldn't overcome it. That's the message that they needed to hear when they're struggling. Are we remembering? Do you remember what he said? He said, I'm the light of the world. My presence dispels darkness. It isn't even a fight. 
There's no back and forth where the darkness pushes the light back and the light's like, oh yeah, and pushes a little bit this way and the darkness is like, oh yeah, and pushes it back. When you turn the light on, the darkness is gone. It's gone. It cannot overcome it. The darkness couldn't put it out. Remember what I said. You guys know the Top Gun call signs? You know those? We should know those. What are some of the Top Gun call signs? We can go, we can go Top Gun 2 or we can go old school. Tom Cruise was Maverick. Yeah, Maverick. And then his buddy, Goose, right? Yeah. My call sign was Tulip. I thought it was a little bit of reverse psychology, actually. I mean, who's intimidated by hearing something over, Roger that, Tulip inbound? (laughs) Right? Tulip inbound, you're not too worried about that. So really, my career as a Navy pilot was 48 hours, and there wasn't a lot of combat risk anyway, and it was mostly just being funny, but Emma loves to hear me tell people that my call sign was Tulip. In the context of John chapter 1, I have some serious motivations to be like a tulip. Tulips follow the sun. Do you know that? When you have a stand of tulips, in the morning they'll lean this way. And they'll follow the sun throughout the day into the evening. You might even find that tulips are open during the day and closed during the darkness. Not a bad call sign. To orient myself and to lean toward the sun and to track the sun, you can spell that however you'd like to. S-U-N or S-O-N. To track the sun all day. And wherever the light is, that's where I'm looking. Wherever the light is, that's where I'm looking. I was listening to a devotional this week. If you have version on your phone, or uh, it's probably going to be on your phone, an app on your phone for Bible translations, version. If you have version, they produce a devotional every morning, and you can read, and then someone will actually do like a three-minute video devotion. So if you did that this week, and you did it every day, I don't really remember what day it was, but John Mark Comer came on and did a devotion. And as he was talking, he, he talked about in, in the... Olden times and years ago, people would, uh, groups of uh, church and things like that would turn. And at some point in the gathering, they would all turn to the east. Like if we were in here today, I'd say, before I begin speaking, let's all begin, let's all offer prayers. And they'd all turn to the east. Orienting themselves. What's the big deal about the east? Well, you know, Jerusalem and the second return of the Lord and... I always laughed about it. That doesn't really work if you live in China because you're on the wrong side. You have to go to the West. But it's about orienting yourself, turning our bodies literally in order to orient ourselves. We do that. We do that more often than you think. 
Have you been on the beach or sitting by a pool or just, you know, outside and, and you're sitting there and it's clearly a sunny day and maybe you're in a, a lawn chair, beach chair, deck chair, something like that, and you're out in the sun and then you turn your face to the sun and focus? Have you ever done that and felt the intensity of the sun? It's as if it increases, right? I mean, you've been sitting there for an hour, you know? But isn't it amazing? I've been sitting outside in the sun for an hour. But when I turn my face to the sun and I focus, it is as if the intensity of that heat increases. And I can feel it even more powerfully against my face. It's no less true with mindfulness about Jesus. Scripture tells us that whatever is true, think on that. Whatever is just, think on that. When you're in a dark space, when things are overcoming you, when you're like the recipients of the book of Hebrews, and you're wondering, is this the way? That's the words of John the Baptist. Are you the one, or do we look for somebody else? Like, like what's going on here? John was the one that said he's the Messiah. Is John just a goofball? Like, what in the world? Get, get this with me. John is the guy that went out on the limb and said, hey, Stop. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John is the one that announced him. And then John finds himself, not 37 years later, just a few months later. Jesus only ministered three years. Just a few handful of months later, the one that in the light said, Behold, the Lamb of God is the one that in the prison darkness asked, Is he the one or do we look for another? Same John, different situation. John needed a book of Hebrews. He needed a book that says, oh, no, 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 he's greater. I'm in darkness. Yes, but he's the life light. That light dispels darkness. Can I get a witness on this one? You're in a spot. It's dark, and you begin singing. And all of a sudden, it feels just like that sun intensity. All of a sudden, it feels like things change. Things shift. You're in some space. We have examples. Two guys buried into the inner prison. Me and Arnick <laughs> chained up in the inner prison. And I lean over and I'm like, you want to sing lead or you want me to take it? He's like, I got it. I said, okay, I got your harmony. Jesus is greater. Here we surrender. You are the Savior. You hear that echoing off those prison walls? Lord of all. We're here in the inner workings of a prison, chained up and left, guarded, and those guards are guarded, and those guards are guarded, and we're singing, be lifted higher as we bow lower. You are the Savior. 
What happened in that little scenario? Light and freedom and literally released from jail. That was the part where I asked, can I get a witness? (laughs) Anybody been in a space where you found yourself literally, literally lifted above the darkness, lifted above the fray? If you've ever been on an airplane and you've taken off and it was pretty stormy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've already lived that. Are we going to get off? Are we going to be delayed? Are we taking, man, the weather's a little bit rough. Yeah, they're going to push through. Rough, 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 lightning, dark. You got the visual? You've been there. You've looked out the window. Lightning and thunder and dark and rain. and, And then you break the clouds. How many of us in that moment of breaking the clouds are like, oh, my goodness, you're slapping somebody next to you. Did you know the sun was still out? My goodness. We all know in here at 1110 on Sunday morning that the sun is out. I'm not preaching to 1110 on Sunday morning. I'm preaching to Thursday night. I'm preaching to Saturday afternoon. I'm preaching to two in the morning. These moments where we wake and it feels so dark. Jesus, you're greater. Here we surrender. You are the Savior. Just let it come out. Whatever is true. This is the purpose of the book of Hebrews. This book to help people that have found themselves in a dark place realize we're not losing this thing. He's with us. All the time with us. It's one of the purposes of Sunday. We engage the sacraments to remind ourselves of things. We take communion, a little cup of juice and a cracker to remind ourselves of things. I've told some of you before, you've heard this, years ago when I was pastoring out in Baltimore, we did a communion Sunday one day, it was about 25, 30, 40 of us. We were in a cafeteria at a school and set up, tear down, that whole thing. And we'd set out tables right in the middle. Juice boxes and chocolate chip cookies. Little small cans of Coke and chips and salsa. And we had communion that day. People hung around that. (laughs) We took the common things of our day and made communion out of them. These were the common things of Jesus' day. And we can connect with that. We were being sacrilegious. We took the common things of our day. You can do communion with a milk, glass of milk and a cookie. Milk and Oreos can break free to the light, my friend. Because it's not in what you're putting in your body. It's what you're remembering. It's how it's grounding you. He gave himself for us. And as often as you eat the common things, remember he's an uncommon God. 
He's greater. You come to church every week as a rhythm. And many of us find that when you miss one, you feel a little off. And I hope that's not because you fear that, like, I was living for God and I am. My eternity was secure and now it's in question. That's not it. You don't come here because of guilt. You come here in the rhythm of connection. And when that connection doesn't happen, you feel a little bit off. It's this recalibrating. It's this orientation. That table, Joe, I think Joe was talking about communion the other day, like a couple Sundays ago, and he said the big table that says, this do in remembrance. Exactly. Exactly. We're doing those things to remember. And these are helpful. But we don't have to wait for the sun to rise, and that's the message today. We don't have to wait for the sun to rise. We don't have to wait for Sunday. You see, we can see Jesus in order to remember. Or we can just remember to see Jesus. You can see Jesus on a Sunday and go, oh, right, right, I remember. Oh, there's a cup and juice, I remember. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, that song, I remember. Thank you, Arnick. Thank you, team. I remember. I see Jesus and I remember. Or maybe it would be better, and that's where I'm leaning this morning, if instead of seeing Jesus to remember, if we just remember to see Jesus. Remember to see him in the dark places. He's like, when you live for people that are good to you, what's the big deal there? It's the moments of the gospel that bring life light in places of death, in places of darkness. He's just asking, telling, prompting, encouraging. Remember what I said? Remember what I said. As you read Hebrews, you're going to be reminded that he's greater. 13 times it says he's more excellent or he's better or he's greater. Angels, prophets, Moses, all of it. He's greater than all of those things. Early this morning, I was thinking about him being greater. Thought came to me that the angel promised that Jesus would be Emmanuel. Didn't he? Wasn't it an angel that came to marry the teenager and said, I'll tell you what Jesus' name is going to be. He's going to be called Emmanuel. Does anybody know what that means? God with us. That's what an angel said. But you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm going to be not with you. I'm going to be in you. Because that's greater. Angels said it here. He'll be with us. That's dandy. But Jesus went greater. He said, no, no, no. I'll be with you and I'll be in you. John chapter 14, verse 18, 19, 20. I'm going to read this to you. It's out of the Passion Translation. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Eli, can you put that up there for me? John chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. I promise I'll never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. And soon I'll leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me. 
Because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know I'm living in the Father, that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. That's better than the angels. That's better than what they had to say. He said, I'm going to be with you. We're going to be one. I'm going to be living with you. That's better. That's greater. I realize so much that we forget these things. We forget the proximity that we have with the Lord. I just have to believe that's the case. I think we simply forget I think of people in recovery, people that struggle with addiction, and I ask them, if you're going to the 4th of July party by yourself, how are you going to do? And I often get the same answer, I'm going to relapse. I said, are you sure? They're like, pretty sure. So you're going to go back with your family, why would that be? Because that's the way it always is. I've never been sober on the 4th of July. Not for X number of years, you know? And then I ask this other interesting question. I say, how about if I went with you? Would you relapse? And they say, nope. Like it's, nope, no problem. Excuse me, I just wanna go, excuse me. (laughs) The first thing I asked you is like a struggle, you're absolutely certain you're gonna fail. The second one, I go with you and you're absolutely certain you won't. I've asked it a lot of times. I get the same answers every time. Wonder why. People come to my office and sit with me and want to break porn addictions and talk to me about breaking that addiction. They're like, I can't quit. I said, really, are you on your phone right now looking at porn? I don't think I've ever had anyone sit in the office and look at porn while we're in a session. Not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Just doesn't happen. Families say things to each other when it's just them, but when I get in the house or they get in my office, they're a little nicer than they are other times. I'm going to just rent myself out is basically what I'm going to do. (laughs) Oh, but see, I don't have to. You already have someone with you. And in fact, that one is in you. In you. Better. Better than me. Much better than me chaperoning you all day long. And it's effective for me to chaperone you. Or Brian to be with you. Or Nick to be with you. Or Joel to be with you. Or Ron to be with you. It's, it would be effective for us to be with you. There's something better. And I I just have to ask myself, do we just simply forget? Do we just, can we just remember what he said? That he said he's going to be in us. In us, with us, right here. Always present. Always present. And when darkness comes and rises up and sticks out its chest and roars at us, 
His light dispels darkness. Darkness never overcomes the light. Our family has this app. It's called Life 360, a.k.a. the Parent Creeper app. There are cool things on there that I haven't even found yet, but occasionally I get these, I get these notifications, and it tells me how many times Emma's been on the phone during her trip, how many times she's exceeded the speed limit, how many times there were hard-breaking episodes in that transit. It's a dandy little thing to get. Now, when you're the dad 500 miles away and can't do a thing about it, yeah, well. <laughs> one time I was going down there early in, the, early in the semester, I was going down there to surprise her. It's, it's legendary in our family, according to Emma, that I would drive to Ohio when dating her mama and just show up at lunch. Melinda was a librarian, and I would just show up at lunch in the parking lot at 1230, and she'd be walking out, and I'd pull up in my Jeep. I'm like, you, need, you got a lunch date? I'd drive six hours from Baltimore to get there at 1230 and take her out to lunch, and we'd do lunch, and then I'd drive back. That's legendary for Emma. So she needed one of those for herself. So Papa hopped in the car at 4.30 and drove to Birmingham. And she was at a coffee shop and she'd had prayer that morning. It was a Saturday and she was going with a friend to have coffee or something like that. And I was just gonna come down, take her to lunch and, and, and then just shoot back home. And so I'm talking to Melinda as I get into Birmingham Metro. And I'm chatting with Melinda on the phone. I said, I really should get off the phone here because I don't know Birmingham so well and the, the roads are a little sketchy as far as different turns and things and exits. I said, I really need to pay attention. Uh, but I said, I, so I got off there with her and I said, I need to see where Sis is, to see where she is. So I'll know where to even go to, you know, intersect and cut her off and surprise her, right? And no kidding, I open up the Life 360 app and I'm on this interstate around Birmingham, and it gives you a little picture of you in a bubble, a little picture of you transiting, gives you a little mileage underneath your little car. And I'm looking at this app, and all of a sudden, I see Sissy's face on the other side of the road going the other direction, and we literally are going to pass in like six seconds. And I, I, I just thought, I, I did a big screenshot real quick that we were literally passing each other. She was right there. I didn't know it. I just found out. I had to U-turn and track her down and the whole thing. It ended up being a fun day. I sent her the screenshot of our faces going opposite directions on the highway, and she's like, Dad, what are you doing? Are you here? What's going on? It was a fun day. Where is he? Where is he? Life 360. Where is Jesus on your app? Where is he? Open up the map. Where are you? Because where you are, that's where he is. Where you are, that's where he is. He said, I'll be in you. Remember what I said? Arnett, come on up, buddy. 
I want to read from Colossians 1 to close out my part today. Again, out of the Passion Translation. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise, concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and what's this word? Manifested for every holy believer to experience. If something manifests, it's boom, right there in front of you. There it is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Living in you. It's not saying everything is going to be easy. It's not saying darkness won't come up. But it says living in you, there is a Christ who floods you with expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ, here it is. How beautiful, what a beautiful phrase. Embedded within us. This Mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to remember what I said. Everyone know it. Everyone be filled with it. Now when we sing this one more time, And then Tony's going to come up and close us out. What's the thing that's gotten big in your life? This isn't a guilt trip. It's just looking and saying, what's gotten bigger than him in my life? What's the room or the area or the place in my life where I think, Ah, he's not going to trespass there. It's not trespassing. He's with you. He's in you. Can we resurrect that today? Wouldn't it be excellent if we were filled with the riches of hope? Filled with the riches of expectation and hope. Hey, friend, we're not just interested in getting you saved. We're really, really interested in getting you free and having you walk in that space of redemption where God uses you to change the lives of other people. That's what this is. It's not just thank you for saving me, but you're in me. But not just in me to get me to heaven or wherever. You're in me for purpose. And that purpose is for now. If the Holy Spirit And if connection with Jesus is only for a ticket to somewhere else, you are living less. The Holy Spirit is for now. For now. And in those difficult moments, I can call to him and I can sing. And I can be reminded and I can remember what he said. Angels said he'd be with us, but he said, I'll be in you. And I can see Jesus to remember all this, or I can just remember to see Jesus. Jesus, you're greater. Here we surrender. Sing it out. 
You are the Savior, Lord of all. Lord of all. Let him have it. Be lifted higher as we bow lower. You are the Savior, greater. Sing that again. Jesus, you're greater. Here we surrender. You are the Savior, Lord of all. Be lifted higher as we bow lower. You are the Shane stealing, you know, and you sit back and you kind of get puffed up. Hey, that's what I was going to say. And then you let the preacher do something besides preach, and he gets all up in it and messes it all up. And then you realize, hmm, maybe the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. I spent this week kind of thinking about Hebrews and listening to the first few chapters and just letting it go through my head and thinking, man, it's greater. Text pastor, do you know what you're preaching yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, no, you know. He's greater, he's greater. I'm like, that's cool. 
So I've been contemplating, you know, he's a better sacrifice. Shane got all up in that, you know. Glad I don't have to go find a goat. I'd probably go to Chuck and Marion's house. They probably have one, you know, and sacrifice and do something. I don't have to do that anymore because there's a better way. And he's a better priest. He's a, you know, they were struggling with, man, we did things this way for so long, and now we're doing something different. Is that right? I'm not sure. And I'm like, that's awesome. I can remind the people, man, there's a better way. There's a, he's there. He's in the midst of everything you're doing. There's a better way. And I was like, that's awesome. That's how I'll encourage the folks. And the Holy Spirit, in his sweet little gentle way, went, mm, not so much a big boy. Hang on a second. And the end of chapter 2, it talks about, you know, he was made like us. He came down and he walked around and he went through what we went through. And that's hard to comprehend, you know. We've been through abuse. We've been the abuser. We've gone through drugs and we've gone through cancer and we've gone through all these many things. And nobody wakes up one day and wants to go through things like that. But Jesus came and went through all those things and then came back and he's greater. And it says that he can, he's been there, so now he can talk to the Father for us. And I'm like, oh, that's even better. And then he says, didn't I make you in my image? And I knew I was being set up. And I was like, do I fib and say, oh, I'm not sure? I was like, yeah, you did. You made me like you. And immediately I come to, he formed me in my mother's womb, and he knew what my emotions would be like, and he knew what my personality would be like, and he knew what my triggers would be, and what would make me happy, and what would make me sad. And he knew I'd have this Santa Claus beard at age 50, and all these things would come through. And I felt just ever so gentle. He say, what if making you like me is not just about the womb? What if it's about everything up to today in your life? What if all the struggles and all the things that have hurt and all the things that you've done are what makes you like me? And that you have the choice to go and walk with somebody and be connected with somebody who is trying to identify to that greater. And, and it's hard sometimes to hold on to that. And so my challenge to you this week is, Man, he's greater. Man, there's a better way. But can I go be Jesus to somebody this week? You know, and Pastor mentioned it, Bo Jesus and Olivia Jesus and Vic Jesus. I won't forget you. You know, can we, can this week, you take all those things in your life that are so hurtful and that are so frustrating and that you're walking through and say, I know somebody who's greater, but I've been there too. Or maybe, mm, Rylan, I, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I'm willing to come along and put my arm around you. And I'll go with you. We'll figure it out together to make a choice to go be Jesus this week and help lead them to greater. And heaven forbid, maybe ask for the opportunity this week. Maybe go looking for it. It'll come, right? A family member, a worker, somebody. Hey, Lord, today, maybe bring one my way. Let me be Jesus this week and all the stuff in my life that I'm so ashamed of and I hate about and, and I don't like and I didn't have fun going through and I made it through. Maybe you could use that to be Jesus this week. Father, we're so thankful. Lord, we're so thankful for the sacrifice that your son made. We're so thankful that you're greater, that there's a greater way. 
Father, we're, we're, we're just privileged to enjoy that. But Father, this week, help us to step back and look at the big picture. Everything that our life is, everything that's been in and out of our life and what it's created us to be today in you is a reflection of all the things that you did, have done, have walked through, and have created. Father, help us to be Jesus this week and to point somebody to greater and to walk beside them to greater this week. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for joining.